0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug SenseCast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensey. Tim, happy Easter, by the way, bud. Oh, happy Easter to you too, man. Uh,
1: busy week for both on the score front and uh, for both of us.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy week, man. Busy, busy week.
1: Yeah, so are the kids back yet, or...?
0: back Tomorrow okay yeah so it's been nice having a week off and no kids no responsibilities it's been absolutely amazing
1: i heard there was a cool show is in there as
0: well there was there was but we will talk about in due time tim Mm-hmm. so tim now that i got you on the line how has you been your week oh it's been pretty good uh
1: yeah, so we spent most of the weekend up at uh, Chelsea's grandparents uh, for Easter, and that that was pretty fun. We went up to uh, went up there, uh, spent most of the time with her grandparents, uh, but uh, we went off for a bit to West Ed. and okay. that's always fun.
0: Yeah, I've never been to West Edmonton Mall.
1: Uh, it's funny because you can tell the parts that have been renovated and the parts that haven't. Right. Yeah, because, like, the floor gets, like, immediately shitty and
0: gross. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good, yeah, it's a big giveaway.
1: Yeah, and then, like, the store quality also drops. So, like, in one hallway you're seeing, like, uh, Kate Spade, Tiffany's, uh, Frank and Oak. Right. And then all of a sudden it's, like, winners. (laughs) Payless shoes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's quite a drop off there, man. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and then we we went to this, uh, like, they had a bunch of chain restaurants, and one of them was, like, Funky Chicken Bar and Grill or something like that. Okay. And uh, it was actually pretty decent fried chicken,
0: all things considered. Oh, nice. What kind of, how do they do the fried chicken?
1: It's uh, breaded and then, um, yeah, so it's uh, a light breading. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then uh, the sandwich I had was a Nashville-style spice sauce.
0: Hmm, interesting. I've never actually actually heard
1: of that. It was a subtle flavor, which was nice.
0: Oh, that's awesome to hear, man.
1: Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Chelsea had chicken waffles.
0: You see, you can't go wrong with that, man. And I've had it once in my life, and I thought it was good. Mm Hmm. Yeah, and,
1: well, the thing is, like, Chelsea and I, while we usually go to restaurants, we, uh, find two dishes that are interesting, and then split them. Hmm, okay. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, that was it. Uh, yeah, and I've got a funny story that I could tell during the Florida game.
0: Okay. Yeah, I will I will definitely hold you to that. So I'll yeah. talk a little bit about my week because, like we said off the top, I've been off this week pack week. So it's actually been a, been a pretty good week for me. On mm-hmm. Tuesday, I actually decided to go out to play drop-in hockey again, which I'm not going to yeah. lie. It was a shit show.
1: Uh, on a scale of uh, two years ago, Borvietsky to this season, Harper, how was it?
0: Uh,
1: or are hmm. we going full burrows?
0: Full burrows. Because here's oh, the no. thing, Tim, like that drop in hockey was sort of like, you know, when you go to like a restaurant or a bar or something like that, and you see like a, a group function sort of in the corner.
1: Yeah. And, you and sort it's always of a
0: little wa- awkward. Yeah, and you sort of wander in there, and you don't know anybody, and it's just like everybody knows each other, and it's like, okay, whatever. And then later on in the night, you know, they just sort of half-ass everything, it's like, oh, for fuck's sakes, this was a bad idea. Yeah. As soon as I walked into the locker room, I'm just like, I'm making a bad decision here. Oh, no. Because everybody in there was like 18, 19, and I come in at, insert age here, I'm at least six, seven years older than everybody else there. And it's like, okay, whatever. Fuck them. Play hockey, whatever. And they're all vaping and whatever the hell. We go out onto the oh, ice geez. and nobody, not one person really tried. It was just like, oh yeah, we're just going to go out here and fuck around. And they, they were just out on the ice for half an hour. Probably. That's it. They were on the hot, on the ice, half an hour, and everybody left. Like, oh, there was two guys... Their helmets, their chin straps were done up. I'm thinking, okay, this is a fucking shit show. I'm going to be leaving here soon. So I waited until a couple of people left the ice. So I saw my exit that way. And then everybody left the ice. (laughs) I just went, oh, this is bullshit. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. I actually came out to play hockey and nobody even trying. And I was so Uh, mad and I said to myself on the way home, like, that's it. I'm going to the Naimo tomorrow. I'm going to play Drop-In. It's going to be great. I played Far Cry 5 instead. How is it? If you've played any of the other Far Cries, it's exactly like how it plays. The story is actually kind of interesting with the religious cult in Montana. Uh, okay. I will say right yeah, now. Yeah, because, like, MCP? Well, I've
1: seen from the ads, it just looks like it's making fun of poor rural people, and I was kind of not on for that.
0: It doesn't really make fun of poor rural people at all. It actually really just exaggerates these over-the-tall religious cults. Mm. And so, uh, I will say right here, if you are on the fence of buying it, I, I would say buy it. If you decide to wait on it for the price to go down, I would not hold that against you because I wouldn't blame you.
1: Uh, Okay, so it's not worth the full price.
0: It is, but if you're not willing to pay that, then that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know that you made a mention of this about a show. Friday night, I was in Vancouver to see Kevin Smith. Ooh, how was that? Kevin Smith was 45 minutes late. His oh, flight from wow. L.A. to Vancouver got delayed. And so I arrived at the Rio Theatre at about 8 o'clock. 9.30 we finally got in. Wow. Yeah. And that's not even the most fucked up part of my night. Because, really? Yeah, because I had to catch a ferry from Nanaimo to Vancouver. And I left here with a, probably about an hour and a half to go, before the ferry left. I okay, I'll give myself some time. So I go uh-huh. on out there. And I'm making really good time, right about as I just about to get to Departure Bay. Gridlock. Ugh. And I'm like, oh, no, I have this funny feeling I'm going to miss my ferry. It was bumper to bumper all the way for at least 15, 20 minutes. I got there 10 to 1. They had to close the doors. So I missed my ferry.
1: Oh, and they're doing winter sailing times too, aren't they?
0: Yeah. So I was just like, ugh, all right, fuck. So I went to this Miller's Pub, which is like right across the street from Departure Bay, and I don't recommend it. It's not a great pub at all. The service wasn't that great. The food was just sort of eh. But the one thing I do like, and I know that I know a lot of people wouldn't really appreciate it as much as I do, uh-huh. they had all of the NFL helmets along the wall, and it was all, how would I say this? It was all matched up by division. Oh, okay, so, so, so see, they like, had
1: a decent sense of style.
0: Exactly. So you see like the AFC East, NFC West, divisions like that along the wall. And I'm thinking, that's a nice little touch. I like that.
1: Too bad everything else is kind of meh.
0: Yeah. Well, but I guess with a location
1: good. like that, you don't have to be good.
0: No, It's like exactly. expecting
1: good service out of the air, the Chili's in the airport.
0: Yeah, that's true. I went to the Chili's at Calgary Airport. It was uh... It's okay. It is what it is, man. It's airport food. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, also... I'm surprised you just didn't say fuck it and go Duke Point.
0: The thing is... Oh, but then you'd be
1: fighting the Macy Tunnel.
0: That's true. Going from Duke Point into Vancouver, you're going towards more where the airport is. Whereas Mm -hmm. Departure Bay, it's 25, 30 minutes from downtown. So you just get on the bus, go right downtown get off and go where you need to go.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's like, I remember like, uh, when I used to live on the Island, my parents would always take Duke point over departure Bay.
0: Right.
1: Because Schwartz Bay was just too much of a pain in the ass.
0: Yeah. And then they enough.
1: just park the vehicle at Duke point. Then we'd, uh, then we'd get off and take the bus to the sky train. And that worked out. But I think it's a bit of a longer trip overall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you're not fucking
1: around with the mess that is uh, just Nanaimo city planning.
0: The thing is, though, is that Nanaimo is a very easy city to get around because I've said this to coworkers of mine. I said, you know what? Nanaimo is different from Victoria in the way that if you go straight through Nanaimo and you make a a wrong turn, that's cool. You could just Mm -hmm. go around and start again. You do that in Victoria, you're fucked. You make a wrong turn, you have to find your own way back. Well, the thing I find with the
1: Naimo is the street naming's just retarded. Like, how many different Jingle Pots are there? Just one. No, it, like, splits, and it becomes third in some places, and a bunch of other shit.
0: There's the Jingle Pot that's up more where the mall is, and that connects to Jingle Pot, which is down by... where I think V.I.U. is? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, it's, like, it's easy, and I find in nymo it's just, it's not laid out well, right. in the sense that traffic gets back, gets snarled super easily, and Victoria is, Victoria on all counts is worse.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh,
1: Calgary is actually very, Calgary's very nice, like, it's easy to navigate, and it's, and it handles its traffic well. Okay. Because the thing about Calgary is all the streets are numbered, so you could just count streets. Yeah, fair enough. And then every one-way street is paired and quite wide. And then there's enough highways to support all the vehicles. The only problem is the Crowchild's kind of, like, some the interchanges are kind of retarded. But they're fixing the Crowchild, so that should help.
0: Oh, excellent. So I just want to close out my week. Saturday afternoon, I went to the Canucks Blue Jackets game. Mm Mm-hmm. Thatcher Demko's first game. I got to say, man, if Vancouver can develop him, I think they've got a pretty good goalie there. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. So, I had to leave with like three minutes left to go. It was 4-2 to Canucks because I had to catch my ferry back to Nanaimo. And Uh so, I got to the ferry terminal and thinking, oh, you know, I should check on the score. What was the final score? It was 5-4 to Canucks. Blue Jackets tied it. It went to OT and Alex Edler ended it. Well, that's the thing is
1: you can never count the Blue Jackets out. Like, no. They're a hustled and great team, so grinding out two goals isn't too, too surprising.
0: Yeah, but the thing is with the Blue Jackets in the game was that they were hitting the post left and right, and their defensive play got really sloppy after a while. Okay. So the fact that they got back into it, I'm a little surprised by that, but not as surprising as the guy wearing the Jody Shelley jersey. Yeah, you were saying that. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. I saw a guy sitting there in a the Jody Shelley jersey. I was like, "Oh my god, there's a jo- Joey Shelley jersey."
1: Well, it's funny. Is uh, Jody Shelley is now? I think he's one of the colored guys on uh, Fox Sports Net Ohio. Really? So he call yeah he yeah he does uh, commentary for the Blue Jackets games now.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I like the guy.
0: He seems. All but right. he was
1: another one of those enforcer guys. So I'm glad that he actually has something to do yeah. and his brain wasn't too like his brain brain is doing about as well as we know it is
0: yeah well there hasn't been any signs of his brain deteriorating yet well i guess if he kills the main
1: commentator during uh a game then we'll know on air on air god can you imagine weirder shit's happened though like uh the on-air suicide like 20 years ago was pretty fucking
0: nuts. Yeah. And on Sunday day, Sunday night, I had Easter dinner here at home. Nice. it was good, man. I like it. Turkey, a little bit of the stuffing. It was a good time. Yeah, we had ham. What kind of ham? No, did you get the? Uh, did you get the glazed ham, baked ham?
1: It was a baked ham. Part of me was hoping for steamed hams.
0: Really? Because I come from Albany and I've never heard the expression Steamed Hams. Oh, no, definitely not in uh, Albany.
1: Sorry. It's more of a Utica expression. Oh, okay. God, those are freaking brilliant.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know. They're so good. Even the memes that Adam sends us is so good. Yeah. (laughs) Melica Simpson's meme. Enough said.
1: Enough said. Well, I'm thinking of uh, you can pinpoint the exact moment the season broke.
0: And now. Now,
1: and I'm thinking of, I think it's going to be uh, Matt Duchesne walking off the ice in the Avs after- jersey mid-game.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no kidding. So now that we've talked about our weeks, Tim, did you get a chance to listen to last week's episode? No, I didn't.
1: I, it was just kind of a weird week.
0: Yeah, I got a chance to listen to it when I was in Vancouver. I th- I do know that you and I both expressed this to each other after we recorded last week's episode. It wasn't our best. No. It was what it was. And even when I hit stop and we, you and I just talked to each other like, that didn't go very well, did it, Tim? Nope. No.
1: I think that's the first time we've had, like, at least three cuts for just the opening
0: yeah, I think that's the first time off the top of my head. I'm sure we've done it in the past, but it's just me not being able to get the intro down. That was
1: a rough. Like, just doing an intro for that episode was rough.
0: Yeah, but I felt like had I think... to do it,
1: though. Yeah. I'm glad we decided to go for cold opening.
0: Yeah, I thought it worked really well.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is, and, uh... I think this episode and next episode are just going to be a heck of a lot better.
0: Oh, next week's episode. I can't wait, man, because I've got an intro written up ready to go.
1: Oh, beautiful. And I've be got good. my surprise written, too.
0: Well, Tim, I'm not going to surprise you right now, but it is time to segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. So we got a couple of stories to talk about, and we're going to start off with former NHL defenseman Christian Ehrhoff announced his retirement from professional hockey exactly one month after winning a silver medal for Germany in the 2018 Winter Olympics. Erhoff played 12 seasons with six teams. Erhoff got bought out by the Sabres in 2014 after signing a 10-year contract worth $40 million with the Buffalo Sabres in 2011.
1: Jesus. I didn't realize the dude had such a wacky contract.
0: Honestly, I remember when he signed that and I'm just thinking, what the hell is Buffalo thinking? Well, I remember he,
1: like during the 2010-2011 Stanley Cup run, he had a phenomenal season, but it was, I think part of it was puck luck. Although there's yeah. no denying that Christian Ehrhoff was a very good defenseman.
0: Oh, for sure. Especially those two seasons in Vancouver. I mean, he put up 13, 14 goals, I believe, each season.
1: Yeah. And he was instrumental during that play, their big playoff push. For sure.
0: It was him, yeah, Kessler, and Luongo.
1: Yeah. Well, the Sedins played very well, too.
0: Speaking of the Sedins, and I'm not going to include this here. We will talk about a little bit like next week. Uh, Daniel and Henrik sedine are retiring at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, they announced it today. And uh, I was actually very happy with just the outpouring of... Like, just the outpouring of, like, oh my god, like, they were just really great guys, and it was incredible. Just kind of how under, like, the fact that it was possible for Henrik and Daniel to be underrated. Yeah. I was expecting a lot more, a lot more flack to be thrown around, just because the Canucks aren't exactly popular.
0: Yeah, but you know what, they got a lot of that during their career, though. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's go to our next story, Tim. A 36-year-old ex-college hockey goalie named Scott Foster signed a contract with the Chicago Blackhawks to suit up for the Hawks after the team lost Anton Forsberg and Colin Dalia to injuries. Foster, who is an accountant by day, faced seven shots over the final 14 minutes of the Blackhawks-Jets game and earned the shutout. Foster became an instant star on social media following the game.
1: Oh, this is so cool. I love this story. Emergency goalies rarely get into the game.
0: Yeah. You know what's really great, though, Tim, is that the fact this guy's 36 and finally played in the NHL gives hope for somebody like myself who's also playing beer league hockey.
1: Yeah, and, like, the guy's college hockey days were not spectacular. I no, think his but... last game, he, he had, like, a goals against average of nine. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because he was talking about it during the, like, uh, after the game, and he mentioned that during college he actually made a kind of an explicit choice to pivot away from hockey and into accounting. Right. Just so he's like, yeah, this isn't going to get... He kind of realized, oh, I'm not going to be an AHLer. Might as well use this free degree.
0: Yeah, he's smart, man.
1: Yeah. Well, there was another guy... Shit, I'm going to have to look up this guy's name, but former former AHLer realized he was probably never going to make it to the NHL and, worse yet, might get stuck in the ECHL, so he said, fuck it, and became an investment banker. Right. Yeah, so he was probably making... ended up making better money than most AHLers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. So let's go into our next story, Tim. The NHL has, affi- has officially announced a change to the process of goaltender interference reviews on coaches' challenges. Before the change, on-ice officials would review the play themselves before making an official ruling. However inconsistency arose due to the number of different officials working different games. This has been a really big hot topic over this past season with goalie interference and commentators like Craig button and all these guys have commented said, Oh, it's an absolute joke. They need to revisit this. And it appears that the NHL has finally revisited it.
1: Although it's like, I'm not sure they've actually really revisited it in a meaningful way. Like I understand the idea of centralizing the decision-making, right? But the problem is, is the rules themselves are a bit of a mess because there's a lot of different ways you could call goal no goal. Yeah, I think the really what they should do is look at it this summer, simplify the ruling, test it out in the AHL, and then see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad idea.
1: Like that's what they did with three v three overtime.
0: Right,
1: and that seems like the best way to kind of test these new things to see how they work, how they, if they need to be tweaked before being accepted into the main game.
0: I have nothing more to say about that. I totally agree.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I was hoping that I, I'm still hoping for a game seven Stanley cup final botched call. That'd be fun.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, there's been definitely botched calls in the finals before. Yeah. Brad Hall, Skating in the crease. <laughs> so Tim, we got two signings to talk about, and we're gonna start off with the Boston Bruins re-signing Daniel Chara to a one-year, five million dollar contract. Chara had seven goals, sixteen assists for twenty-three points in sixty-eight games at the time of the signing. I'm just gonna say it right here. Really, five million for a forty-one year old to Daniel Chara?
1: Yeah, I, it's definitely a swan song contract. Like this is what they sh- the Alfie contract should have looked like.
0: Thanks a lot, Melnick. You blew it. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know.
1: Char has been nothing but great for the Bruins, so, and the Bruin, the Bruins aren't in cap trouble. This is, like, Don Sweeney actually, like, a lot of people were making fun of Don Sweeney in his early years as a GM, but, he did a lot to clean up Shirely's mess.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely shown with the players that they've drafted, and, given that the, some of the, a lot of the players on their roster are players that Sweeney drafted.
1: Yeah, or Sweeney traded for. Uh, the only thing that I think that I can really... I think it... The only thing I can kind of see fault is I think they overpaid for Rick Nash, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, but you know, we talked about it here on the show, and I think you and I both agreed to it. Yeah,
1: but... Uh, yeah, I think uh, one year, 5000000 million, doesn't hurt anyone. Uh, it's a good way to show to give the captain a swan song. I like it.
0: So we onto our last signing. The Columbus Blue Jackets re-signed defenseman Marcus Nutavara to a four-year $10.8 million contract with an AAV 2.7. Nutavara had six goals, 16 assists for 24 points in 59 games at the time of the signing. Now, like I said, I saw him play in Vancouver the other day and I I thought he was all right. You know, didn't have the greatest game, but he looked decent out there. You know, for a young guy
1: who's really kind of come into his own over the last two seasons, uh, I like Nunavara. Like, I like him at $2 million. Uh, He's on the right side of the puck. Like, I think uh, he's a second pairing guy. Mm -hmm. And that's good. And that's kind of cheap for what he gives. I think it's a good signing overall.
0: I think so, especially for a young left shot defenseman, too.
1: Yeah, and it's. Well, the left shot especially, and I guess the other thing is it's not not like signing (laughs) uh, Nikita Zaitsev to a huge, like that huge contract when Nikita Zaitsev, there was no real reason to sign Nikita Zaitsev to that sort of contract.
0: And you know what's funny, Tim? I recall that we talked about that during our practice episodes last summer. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and like the thing is, is like, yeah, Nudavara does a lot of great things. And what's kind of cool is uh he like he gets the right side of the shots and they're coming from cool places and he def he can play he can play a solid amount of time on the ice.
0: Oh for sure. You know what's funny, man? A lot of people always talk about Nashville's defensive pairings. I think Columbus has a very underrated defense pairing there.
1: For sure, but what's really funny is that they managed to assemble Like, what really gave Columbus that defensive strength was uh, trading away Marcus Johansson for Seth Jones.
0: Who I thought looked pretty good in Vancouver the other day. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, that's actually, that's probably an interesting uh, 2018 overarching theme is just how both Ryan Johansson and uh, Seth Jones had great seasons. Absolutely,
0: man. Mm hmm. Well, Tim, that wraps up Top of the Hour, which means. We gotta start talking about some games. Now, we got four games to talk about tonight: Sens versus the Hurricanes, Sens versus the Islanders, Sens versus the Panthers, and the Sands versus the Red Wings. But before we do that, let's hit the music. Time to play the game! Time
1: to play the game!
0: <laughs> okay, Tim, let's talk about the first game of the night. Sens versus Hurricanes. This is a 4-1 Hurricanes victory. Sens' goals were scored by Bobby Ryan. Hurricanes' goals were scored by Warren Fogle with his first NHL goal. Valentin Zykov, Brock McGinn, and Sebastian Aho. Shots were 30-20 for the Carolina Hurricanes. Warren Fogle with his first NHL goal gets the Hurricanes on the board first to make it 1-0 on a bad angle. Bobby Ryan in the slot with the Frontward a around, ties the game at one. Valentin Zykov taps in the shot that Anderson didn't have control of to make it two. One Hurricanes. Brock McGinn in the slot with the perfect wrister to make it three. One Hurricanes. And Sebastian Aho nails the empty netter to make it four. On one, which would be the final. Once again, this was a condensed game because we were recording last week's episode. One big note I want to talk about this game. Uh huh. On the first goal, the full goal. goal yep. What in the fuck? was Ben Harper doing on that? The guy is six foot seven. How in the hell did he not, was he not able to get in control of him? I've, this is the thing is, and, you signed it for two him. years, Dorian. Thanks a lot.
1: This is like, I don't get about Ben Harper. And, uh, with the fact that Harper was so scratched at points this week, I'm like, and given Boucher's comments, I don't think Boucher really understands it either. Is like, Ben Harper isn't playing like a big guy. He's not using his size effectively. He's not getting into lanes, and frankly, he looks lost a lot of the times.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I wasn't expecting him to be like a Zidane Chara from 15 years ago. But Jesus Christ, like I'm watching this guy. I'm like, he's six foot seven. The guy's huge. Why can't he stop somebody? He looks like, like a he, kitten out there.
1: Yeah, like all he has to do is just plant himself and not move, and he'll knock someone over. Like, Jesus. Yeah, oh. it's frustrating because... Yeah, that's a bad contract that Dorian just did not need to sign.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? He did the same with Burroughs. We didn't need to sign him to a two-year extension.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And uh, Nord would even take Burroughs for free.
0: No, they took Oduia for almost for free, though.
1: Yeah. Do you know what's funny? He only played OG one game since that? He only played one game since the trade deadline. I saw
0: that tweet, and I was like... Wow, I didn't even realize that.
1: Yeah, well, it just goes to show how miss, well, A, how shallow Ottawa's not Carlson defenses. Yeah. And B, how bad Ottawa's player deployment was.
0: Oh, for sure. Now, from what I saw in this game, I thought it was a terrible game all around, offensively, defensively. And Craig Anderson also didn't look great. The Senators really didn't come out to play. No, they really didn't. Like I don't
1: think any of them really looked that good. Uh, even Christian Wallenin looked pretty okay. I think yeah. Thomas Chabot played a good enough game, but ugh, everyone just kind of, everyone kind of just kind of collapsed after the first after the Ryan goal, and then never really got back into it.
0: Fair enough. Now, do you have anything you want to talk about this game, or should we head on to the second game? Not really. Okay, let's move on to the Isles. Excellent. Islanders versus Senators. This is a 4-3 Islanders victory. Sens goals are scored by Matt Duchesne, Eric Carlson, and Bobby Ryan. Islanders goals are scored by Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Anthony Belleville, and Andrew Led. Okay, I was going to say shots were, but there's no... I forgot to put the shots in there, so... Shots are, insert number here. A yeah. pretty decent game overall by both teams. Both Ottawa and New York played a solid game all around with the help of good goaltending. Now, Despite this, I think the only period that the Senators got outplayed was in the second period, which was a result of the Islanders just answering defensively to Ottawa's offensive attack. Yeah, it was...
1: I felt like this is a game where... I don't think either team really tried that hard. So it was just loose. It was a very loose game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I could agree with that. Like,
1: I have... My first note is Ottawa mailed it in. And then my third, my note after the first Pajo, Paggio- after the Pajo goal was, looks like New York mailed it in too. Cause that Anders Lee goal was honestly pretty funny. Yeah. Cause he worked his, well, Cody Cece was just lost on the ice.
0: Big surprise there. Yeah.
1: And then all of a sudden, uh, boop, someone's behind him, tapped the goal in. <laughs> like, yeah, Cece and Bori. Vietzky just lost their man's. Shabbat and Carlson looked pre- all things because Shabbat and Carlson actually looked pretty good.
0: Yes, they did. Actually, the guy for me that really stood out was Matt Duchesne with three points.
1: Oh, yeah. Duchesne had a heck of a night. Also, poor Brandon Davidson on
0: that third goal. <laughs> I know, and I have that in my notes too. I said, Islanders defenseman tipped the puck into his own net to tie the game at three. Only to have Andrew Ladd tip in the four-three heartbreaker seconds later.
1: Yeah, after that Barzell tour de force.
0: Yeah, God, that guy's good too. Yeah.
1: Oh, sure, really.
0: And to think he could have been an Oiler.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: no kidding. You could probably
1: just make a podcast titled, "He Could Have Been an Oiler."
0: <laughs> he, yeah, that could have been. I don't know how far that would have gone, but it'd be like it would have been like a couple of episodes, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, some they made a podcast out of searching for Richard Simmons.
0: Yeah, but they but yet, knew eventually they would find him, though.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting game where I don't think defense really was the name of the game, and it was just kind of all over the place. Yep. Uh, it was an exciting game, and Ottawa lost. What more can you ask for a tank from a tank game?
0: Well, you know how you answer a tank game loss. Tank game win. Yep. Panthers versus Senators. This is a three-two Senators overtime victory. Senator's goals were scored by Jean-Gabriel pagel with two goals, including the OT winner on a penalty shot, and Magnus Pierve. Panthers goals were scored by Aaron Ekblad and Evgeny Dandanoff. Shots were 30, 26 for the Senators. This game is a pretty even defensive battle throughout the game, except for the second period where Ottawa's defensive play suffered a bit, which resulted in Ottawa's two Florida's two goals. Ottawa and Florida had some really good scoring chances, especially in overtime. Both teams also had solid goaltending for what action they saw. Now, this whole season, we've been talking about Ottawa's young guys like Philip Shalapik, like Thomas Shabbat, like Colin White. And that's where I got to say, man, like their young guys in this game look pretty decent.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I to, yeah, like uh, like Sh- yeah, Shabbat, Payarvi, and Paggio all looked great. Yeah. Um unfortunately I just didn't get a lot see a lot of the game.
0: Oh yeah? Why? Is uh, it?
1: So on Thursday I fucked up. We made stir fry on Wednesday with the intention on having the rest of it on Thursday night.
0: Right.
1: Um so I was the last person to grab the stir fry and put it into like some Tupperware. It never made it to the fridge. So uh, I opened up so we go to eat dinner, uh, and then like I come home from work early. Uh, notice the bowl on the counter. And I'm like, instead of like I should try and salvage this by putting it in the fridge. I'm like, this is fine and leave it. So Chelsea comes home around four, and we open up the stir fry, uh, and it sticks to high heaven, and uh, the stir fry sauce is a little milky.
0: Oh no, that's not good, man.
1: And Chelsea's just like, Tim, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like. I know, honey, I know.
0: That's a total wife moment right there. Just looks at you be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And, like, then
1: the like the Florida game started. Like, it, We're just like, okay, what the fuck do we do? So, uh, after a bit of, like, just trying to consider what options we have for dinner, uh, we're like... Oh, and the kicker is it's also negative 20 outside.
0: Ooh, that... Now, I have to ask, man, is not that usual... Mid to late March weather in Calgary.
1: Uh, if you get a cold snap, you sometimes get cold snaps. Okay. So that av- it's far below the average temperature for that part, right. but it's not out of ex- It's not out of the norm.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: So we cu- we look we draw like a like a five hundred meter meter circle around our apartment, <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're choosing a restaurant from here. So we went to a pl- we went to this new Korean place. Okay. We had the spicy stir-fry thing and uh it was cool because uh someone from the restaurant came up and cooked it at the table.
0: Hmm, okay. That's interesting. Although she
1: was very ESL.
0: ESL, what's that mean?
1: English her it was very obvious English was her second language.
0: Ah, okay.
1: But she was trying her best.
0: Yeah, and that's all we ask of him. Mm-hmm.
1: And the food was delicious. And then I came back and it was... We're entering the third period.
0: Man, that's a and pretty God... decent
1: story you got there, Tim. Yeah. And goddamn, the third period was boring.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a very exciting third period. Uh, one thing I do got to mention, though, is I didn't feel anybody really shined on either team. I just felt it was a good team effort by both. Uh,
1: I thought Pajo looked great.
0: Okay, yeah, okay, one guy shown. I think you could say that
1: for Florida, too, and this is a thing. Florida needed to be hungry that game. Like, yeah. their
0: lives were on the line there, hey? That is true, yeah, because they're in the, no, I guess Philly and New Jersey are in the final, in those wild card, wild card spots. And I think yeah. Florida's right below them, aren't
1: they? Yeah, and, like, the Panthers had two games in hand, sorry, had games in hand, and they squandered them. They lost against the Leafs the night before. Right. And they lost against the Sens uh on Thursday.
0: Not good, man. Not good. Yeah.
1: Uh player deployment wise, uh Shabbat and Cece had about the same amount of ice time and I think that was fine. Uh Carlson played half an hour. Wow. Yeah, otherwise it was kind of a boring
0: game. Not really a lot to write home about. Until it got into overtime. Yeah, that overtime was fucking hype. though. Oh, thou oh my god, that was such a good over OT, and I was so excited when Jean Gabriel Pajot went in on the breakaway and he got hauled down, and the fans were thinking, "Oh, it's a penalty shot." Yep, yeah, he got sent to the uh, center line, and I was thinking, "Oh, fuck, he's gonna score! He's gonna score! Well, he scored!" It was just the night he was having too. Hey. Oh, it's so good. Actually, did you see the Twitter post somebody posted up on Twitter? They were right behind the net, and the crowd reaction when he scored. Oh, it was huge, wasn't it? Yeah, that was great to hear even if for a tank season we're having. It's great to see the fans actually get excited in overtime.
1: Well, I think the other thing
0: is it's we've been ta- I've kind of been talking about this
1: for the last few weeks. It's uh Pajo's been making the most of his opportunity as second line center right. and with a pair of goals on Thursday night, that really helps cement him as a legitimate op- like two-way or offensive weapon going into next season
0: yeah especially if you just let him have free reign out there like if you try and constrict him to being that more defensive two-way centerman he could do that but when you definitely see him play offense like the guy is talented oh for sure and like, point, yeah, he... that game in the playoffs last april against new york
1: yeah or every game against Montreal or like him in the AHL him in the Q. like he's torn it up at every level so and I don't I never really appreciated just how deep Ottawa was down well I guess we did appreciate it but just n- not fully appreciate how deep Ottawa was at center during our run last year.
0: Yeah I think when when we looked at it we could be like okay we had Turris, brazard, JGP Zach Smith. And then you had other players that came up in the lineup. But yeah, I guess if you really look at it now, you could really tell how deep we were at center. Well, even with Tommy Vingles
1: being able to step into center as well.
0: I don't miss him at all.
1: I don't miss him. And then and then Ottawa lost. It was odd how much. And then Ottawa lost pretty much their entire left-hand side with uh, MacArthur and Stahlberg not coming back.
0: It's awful, man.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a rough, rough off season.
0: So Tim, do you want to go on to talk about our fourth and final game of the evening? Yeah. Sens versus Red Wings. This is a two to nothing Red Wings victory. Red Wings goals are scored by Dylan Larkin and Andreas. Athena Shots were 31 27 for the Senators. Dylan Larkin got the Red Wings on the board first after a Sens turnover led to a cross eyes pass to Larkin, who scored on the wide open net. And Athanasiu scored to make it 2-0 Red Wings on the rebound, which Condon couldn't do anything about. Now, I condensed game this because I was at the Canucks Blue Jackets game, like I said off the top of the show. I was in Rogers Arena when I saw Dylan Larkin score the first goal, and I was just like, fuck! Yeah. Honestly, the Sens just weren't in it. No, but the thing is, and from what I saw, it looked like Ottawa's offense looked present, but their defense was nowhere to be found. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's probably the best way to really say that, because like it was a pretty questionable game, but like pretty bad showing by CC uh, Carlson was. It looked like uh, two seasons ago Carlson, where it, he was just flying in the offensive end, then not really there in the defensive end.
0: Oh, so he was the Dave Cameron, Eric Carlson.
1: Yeah, I think that's who came out. And, like, Mike Condon, like, even though he landed two goals, he still had, like, a 93% save average.
0: Yeah. So he was just getting peppered. Yeah, can we just talk a little bit about that first goal by Dale Larkin? Because why the hell was Condon playing so wide out in the net?
1: Maybe he thought he was going to cut off an angle shot.
0: Yeah, but you know what? That's a play like guys like Mike Richter used to do back in the day. The thing is, Richter could backpedal like he was Deion Sanders. Yeah, it's interesting how,
1: like, how goaling mobility has changed over the last few years. Sorry, the last 10 years or so. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just weird. But yeah, other than that, I don't think anyone really had that great of a game. Like, even on the Detroit side, the big thing was is, Detroit was able to get their shots, like, clustered into the dangerous zones. Right. And, yeah, most of the Senators, like, the Senators were giving Detroit beautiful, beautiful chances. And oh, yeah. they were getting some of their own, but, eh. Yeah.
0: It was what it was.
1: Yeah, it was a fairly uninspired effort. Like my meatloaf, it was shallow and pedantic.
0: Tim, do you have a story about your meatloaf?
1: No, but I was eating a Nashville chicken sandwich during this game.
0: <laughs> mm, I gotta try some of those, one of those someday. Yeah? Well, Tim, I guess that wraps up the game, unless you have anything you want to talk about regarding these games we talked about tonight.
1: It is amazingly apparent why this team is where it is in the standings.
0: Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it.
1: Yeah. But this season will come to a close soon. For sure. Like all things, this too shall pass.
0: Yeah, well, you know what, Tim? Our season is gonna be ending next week, man. I can't even it's hard to believe that now. Yeah, no kidding. So before we go into the close, I just wanna bring up this tweet that Ian Mendez sent out. Uh we were talking about Thomas Shabbat. Or no, were we talking about it were we recording, or did we talk off air about it?
1: We might have talked off air.
0: Okay. Well, for those who don't know, Winnipeg is playing the Sens right now. It's 5 3 Sens, or sorry, 5 3 Jets. Tom Shabbat had two goals, and Ian put out Shabbat's the only def- the only defenseman in Sens history to record a hat trick is Sammy Salo against the Pittsburgh Penguins on March 30th, 1999. Jeez. Like, Carlson's never done it? Never done it, man. Yeah. Come on, Shabbat, score a Hattie. Well, I didn't just scored. I did see that. Apparently he got the game puck. Nice. Good for him. Has Ben Harper scored an NHL goal yet? P- fuck, who cares? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's impressive. Christian Wolanin plays four NHL games, has first goal. Thomas Chabot plays one two NHL games, has first goal. Ben Harper, probably still in line for chips.
0: <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be surprised.
1: Well, that's about how useful he is on the ice. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, thank God we only got one more episode to talk about him until something happens to him, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) Yep. Question mark. Let's head into the close, Tim. First of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoy it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Third Line Plug Sensecast. Because our bud Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. You can also find us on Twitter. Our show is at Third Line Plug. Tim is at M901 Honey Badger, and I am at Great White Gipster, G R A W Y T E Gipster. If you want to choose an email to talk about these games, you want to share a story about some stir fry, or you want to talk about how Ben Harper is. Just so awful on this team. You can shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecasts at gmail.com. So, Tim, we are heading into the season finale next week, and we've got four games to talk about. we got tonight's game versus the Winnipeg Jets. Wednesday, we are in Buffalo. Friday, in Pittsburgh. And Saturday, the season close in Boston against the Bruins.
1: Still my beating heart. Yeah. Oh, and if you're wondering... Ben Harper has not scored an NHL goal. He has zero goals, two assists in 50 games.
0: What's his plus bright, or plus minus?
1: Like negative negative 28.
0: Ew.
1: He's good guys, TM. Yeah,
0: that's pretty much summing up n- next week, Tim.
1: I think Ben Harper has more playoff points than he has regular season points.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Well, until next week, Tim I am your host, Taylor Gibson
1: And this is Tim Jensen Running away from the tank
0: Go Sens, guys (laughs) Nailed it